1: These do-gooding superstars prove that wrestling is, at its best, a truly collaborative business. I'm Cy for WhatCulture.com, and these are 10 wrestlers who secretly elevated the stars. Number 10, Rhino. When it came to adding third members to WWE's Attitude Era Classic tag teams, it can seem like Edge and Christian drew the short straw. The Hardys and Lita were a perfect fit, while Spike Dudley helped to build the gleefully silly Dudleyville extended universe. The blonde Canadians, meanwhile, seemed less natural fellows with the beefy ECW seasoned Rhino. They'd crack wise and avoid conflict, he'd charge at people as fast as he could and snarl rather than speak. This, though, was kind of the point. Rhino didn't legitimise Edge and Christian per se, the in-ring skills and championships did that. He did, however, add a totally different dynamic to the sneaky heels, a battering ram to employ when Guile failed. Add to this the fact that Edge, Christian and fellow Canadian-trained Rhino actually go way back and the team starts to make a lot of sense. He helped the frequent champions prove there was a lot more to them than 5 second poses. They could take things as extreme as anyone, and a former ECW champion helped demonstrate that. Number 9. Diesel For Kevin Nash, his obvious upside finally paid off from languishing as Vinny Vegas and lest we forget Oz, he was at last where he belonged, the champ in the main event. Only it didn't quite work out that way. Through reasons linked more to a dip in wrestling's popularity than to the performer, Diesel didn't draw at all, and new plans were quickly drawn up. A handsome, competent giant failing to get over as a top star, no one saw this coming. Well, except for one person, Shawn Michaels, the real future of the business. From the moment the characters split, HPK sensed that he was the guy to take the company to the next level. He stole the show during their WrestleMania match, sandbagging his pal at the finish to ensure Diesel looks weak in victory, and quickly manoeuvred himself into the headline spots, culminating in a title win the following year. In kayfabe, Diesel's job was to protect Shawn Michaels through a combination of Bad luck, bad timing, and HPK's undeniable star power and politicking—he did all that and more in real life. Number eight: The Acolytes. To a greater or lesser extent, the Undertaker has always been a spooky character, but he reached his paranormal peak as the leader of the Ministry of Darkness. The motorbike enthusiast turned full-on occultist, big into kidnapping, hypnosis, and trying to embalm his colleagues. Keeping all of this at least somewhat grounded were Farouk and Bradshaw, then rebranded the Acolytes. Real life. Buddies and bona fide tough guys, the pair weren't up to a whole lot when they were hired as takers attack dogs, given some half-hearted runic symbols for the brand, and given free reign to absolutely wallop people. Amidst the photogenic vampires of the brood, the caterwauling pallbearer, and whatever viscera was supposed to be, the acolytes ensured the ministry kept a sense of genuine menace. Even if you didn't believe Mark Calloway could summon lightning from the sky, it's not much of a stretch to imagine Ron and John kicking the stuffing out of you. Their stiff, raw-boned viciousness in ensured that at the height of Taker's most soap operatic phase, the Phenom still felt a legitimate contender for any championship at any given time. Indeed, watching these two brutes basically be themselves likely whet his appetite for the next run of his career. Number 7. Randy Orton The idea behind Evolution was to give two rising stars Shine and Tutelage, and to get Ric Flair his mojo back. And with Randy Orton and Batista both being genuine megastars now, there's no arguing that it worked. In Orton's case, though, his shaky booking means that the who was really elevated was his opponent triple h the viper was the first to break from evolution becoming the youngest world heavyweight champion and turning face this the latter part especially was a mistake orton's star was on the rise no doubt but he wasn't ready for the belt certainly not in the unnaturally fitting babyface role what this gave though was an exciting talent for triple h to beat taking the strap in short order at the next pay-per-view none of this did orton any harm and he quickly transitioned into a great feud with the undertaker but the momentum of the face turn and title win was swiftly gobbled up by the then perennial champion Triple H which was perhaps the plan all along. Number six, Imperium. On the one hand, Gunther could hardly be an easier wrestler to book. With his stature and skill, he's a performer you can't take your eyes off. Let him whack people around. The rest writes itself. On the other, he's not a superstar you want to risk overexposing. While Gunther is a versatile and generous performer, it's important he looks strong, especially as his intercontinental run becomes increasingly more impressive. And that's where the rest of Imperium come in. And it's super simple stuff. Chuck Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vici into the mix and all of a sudden Gunther can lose matches so long as he doesn't eat the pin. This allows for incredibly fun bouts like the Extreme Rules Donnybrook, with the babyface brawling brutes going over and Gunther not looking the least bit weaker for it. It's important to note though that his backup performers are terrific wrestlers in their own rights, making Gunther's ring general persona more than just a nickname. Number five. Ken Shamrock There'll always be room in wrestling for a performer who could very easily tear your arm off. Before Lesnar and Rousey, there was Ken Shamrock, a major figure in the nascent UFC. Billed as the world's most dangerous man, his gimmick was super simple. If he lost his temper, you were going to die. His acquisition was a huge boon to the booking of Vince McMahon's corporation. To that point, a stable that made sense. They had a boss at the helm, but didn't exactly pack a lot of fear factor. Suddenly, the whole stable made a lot more sense. Vince McMahon was far more effective as the company's top heel with someone like Shamrock at his beck and call, allowing the corporation to feud with The Undertaker by way of sending the MMA man to take on swathes of Taker's spooky goons. Shamrock never quite got his due in WWE, but should be celebrated, among other things, for giving one of the craziest times in company history a sense of reality. Number 4. Solo Sokoa Over a nearly three-year span, the Bloodline story has ebbed and flowed, with Roman Reigns swiftly establishing himself as the biggest star in the company, a position he looks set to maintain for about as long as he wants. The Usos have obviously been a major part in this, but in terms of elevating the Tribal Chief, no one perhaps has had the impact of younger Uso brother Solo Sokoa. From his impactful main roster debut at Clash at the Castle, Sokoa's presence has allowed Reigns' storyline to evolve. While Roman and the Usos had their fun, Sokoa's arrival is the most that things get serious. Reigns transforms from Family Man to Mafia Boss, Sokoa his chief hitter ready to do the wet work whenever Roman needs it. Solo's stoic presence, even in the face of Sami Zayn's clowning, helps to keep the focus totally on Reigns' position at the top of the card. For the time being, fans know very little about Sokoa, but what we do know though is that he'll go to war for his tribal chief at the drop of a hat. Number 3. The Shield The authority was, to be kind, hardly the most original idea in wrestling. The powers to be, playing favourites, keeping titles on a chosen few, running roughshod over TV, it's been done a fair few times. Thank goodness then for The Shield, who managed to inject the programme with what little excitement it managed to generate at that period. While Triple H hogged the mic and Randy Orton held the belt, the company's three top developmental prospects continued to grow as a team and individual characters. This allowed Orton to stay in the main event spots while Reigns, Rollins and Ambrose tore it up in the midcard. Their brief role as Triple H's Stooges is a less remembered part of the Shields run, but it did its job brilliantly, giving fans a preview of the company's future while leaving no doubt as to who its present was. The stables' at ascension to the top of the ladder was pretty fast, but on their way, though, they served a fantastic purpose in and out of Kayfabe. Number two, China. The Generation X initially comprised of the volatile politicking pairing of Shawn Michaels and Triple H and the statuesque, quietly charismatic bodyguard China. While the two boys clowned around in Dayglow Green, China stared straight down the lens, anyone to mess with her charges. There wasn't too much of a plan for the ninth wonder of the world at this time. Indeed, a lack of ideas for the character was the cause of acrimony going forward, but her sheer present and smirking steel elevated DX beyond the sophomoric. You watched her in the knowledge that, when she was finally forced into action, it was going to be thrilling, an incredible show of strength and aggression. HBK, and particularly Triple H, benefited immensely from China's presence. Kayfabe-wise, she frequently helped Hunter win matches, but more importantly, she helped the then somewhat bland sidekick transition into the era's top heel. And number one, Arne Anderson. A true genius of the business, Ric Flair spent his whole career surrounded by the right people. The Four Horsemen is an all-timer, stable with the likes of Tully Blanchard, Barry Windham, and plenty of other stars, great, good, and not-so-spectacular, making up the frequently shifting group. No one ever played off Flair better than Arn Anderson, though. The Enforcer was a spectacular foil to the Nature Boy, precisely because he and Ric are such diametric opposites. While Flair rides limousines and wears expensive suits, Anderson slumps around in tracksuits in WCW-branded gear. Flair brings technical skill and chain wrestling. Anderson just thumps you on the arm. In any other group, Anderson would be the clear standout star. He's one of the most underrated talkers in wrestling history and a fantastic worker in his own right. But by maintaining that schlubby, brawling style, he ensured that Flair remained in the spotlight at all times. The two performers esconded in their most comfortable positions. As fans are seeing, with Wardlow in AEW Arn is so legit that he can put anyone over just by standing next to them. For a character as vibrant as Flair to be accepted by Anderson was enough to solidify him as serious business. And that's the list. Let us know what you thought of this video down in the comments below. Can you think of any other stars who put others over without perhaps getting their due? Let us know and don't forget to like this video, share it with your friends, subscribe and hit that notification bell. You can head over to whatculture.com for more content every day. I've been Cy for what Culture, and have a good good week.